Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in with us today. Our mission is to inspire each other out of our comfort zones to explore. Find out how you can explore with us on sirensoapbox.com. We have a link for a free month of Audible, information on upcoming challenges, and how you can get your hands on our coloring book. A great way to relax and explore art. Join us now, guaranteed to spark some exploration. Did you know that the first person to run what inspired the modern day marathon, Pheidippides, was from Greece in 490 BC? It wasn't the 26.2 miles like nowadays. He ran around 300 miles in three days, heroically relaying news to and from the battlefields and marathon to the capital of Greece, Athens. On his last leg of the nonstop run, he brought news of the Athenian army's victory over the Persians in battle before dramatically dropping dead. That's according to historyextra.com. With such tragic beginnings, it's a wonder as to why anyone would want to run a marathon. Veryfitwell.com claims there's at least 26 benefits to running. Among them are better fitness and sleep, guilt-free massages, room for extra calories, reduced stress, supporting a good cause, being a role model, travel, and of course, finisher swag. With that, the Sirens wanted to dive into the world of running. It can take years to train for a marathon, so we challenged ourselves to a 5K, or 3.1 miles. And if we're lucky, maybe we'll get to chat with someone who has run a marathon. Let's hear how the Sirens did on their journey. But first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. Mango. First up on her soapbox is Murph. I used to really like running. At one point in my life, I trained for and completed a half marathon. I've learned since then, though, that I'm more of a short distance runner. For this challenge, I signed up for a virtual 5K through Metal Dash, the Snoopy 5K, which the uh, proceeds went to providing service animals to wounded vets. So that was a pretty cool reason to sign up for that race. Um, Metal Dash will send me a bib number, a t-shirt, and the cutest little medal, but they have not mailed them out yet. Womp womp. I also signed up for an in-person 5K. However, when I looked for the registration email the night before the race so I could figure out where the heck I needed to be in the morning, I found nothing. It was like I never registered for the race. I was a little bummed by that, but honestly, it was fine that I didn't have to run a race in the snow and rain while it was 33 degrees outside. I really do love the energy of an in-person race. No one is unhappy at a race. It is one of the coolest experiences every stinking time. The goodness of it just never gets old. My last in-person 5K was back in November when I got to be my niece's running buddy for the Girls on the Run 5K she participated in. And it was really cool to be able to share that experience with her. This weekend, though, I had to settle for my virtual run. Settle is probably the wrong word, though. It was a rather enjoyable run. I posed for my running outfit of the day pick, thanks to Aaron Azar for that bit of inspiration. And then I hit the road. The sun was shining. The temperature was in the high 50s. I got some dopamine. I beat my goal time of 45 minutes. So now you probably have guessed that I'm more of a wogger than a runner. Wog, walk jog. Anyhow, it was a really enjoyable time. I only wish I'd organized some sort of a finish line though. My favorite part of a race is sprinting across the finish line while perfect strangers are cheering for me and every other runner completing the race. I did miss that part. Jess, were you nervous about your race? Oh, I was very nervous, especially since I haven't ran in about three years. I've done some hiking and walking, but not any significant distances. I also wasn't really sure about the idea of a virtual 5K because there weren't any actual 5Ks happening before this episode on the island. Coming up is the Kauai Marathon, which is apparently very popular, but also goes up a mountain, and I'm not ready for that. So I found a virtual race that spoke to me, the Save the Chubby Mermaids 5K. 
I love manatees and the shirts were purple. So as displayed by the lovely TC. So I had to do it. I like the motivation of in-person 5Ks. So I was worried about the virtual because I thought I might give up without anyone holding me accountable. So I watched some motivational TikToks as done by the wonderful Aaron Azar. And I asked Ben to join me to hold me accountable. We dug out our running shoes and we hit the Kapa'a multi-use trail. It has a really long Hawaiian name. I'm not going to try to say it because it'll be terrible. So I wasn't positive I would even be able to walk the whole distance because uh, it took me about eight months to be able to run an entire 5K when I was running regularly. And I also have super weak ankles. I've broken one of them five times and the other one twice. But the trail is fairly level and nicely paved. It also goes along the shore, so there's great views and a constant breeze. We did get close to wanting to call it quits, but Ben said we're almost to the halfway point, and at this point, we have to turn around and walk all the way back to the car anyway, so why not just finish? Bless that man. My GPS wasn't actually doing very well, and when we finished, I plugged in the distance into Google, and we actually did 3.6 miles, so over 5K. We did it in about an hour 20, which I was pretty pleased with because my running time for a 5K, I still can't break an hour. So pretty excited about that. I'm still sore and sunburnt, but I am really excited to start training again and hopefully improve my time, even if I walk it. Elsie, you're not a stranger to 5Ks or even marathons. So how did this go for you? Oh my gosh, you guys. I don't think you can ever forget what it's like at a race, but I will tell you it was better than I remember it. The past couple months have been rough and I've not been able to get out and train as much as I wanted to. I had signed up for the run the bluegrass half marathon, which I did virtually the past two years because COVID and thought, you know, maybe since it's in person, it would motivate me more. This will be my third time trying to get back into the flow of running. When you're used to running eight minute miles, coming back in at 14 minute miles, it's hard to stay motivated. I've run two marathons, around 25 half marathons and countless 5Ks. So I've been comparing myself too much to the good old days. And then add to the fact that I like to push myself too hard the first few runs, get too sore, and then I just stop training altogether. So come race day, I was gonna switch to the 5K, but I decided to push myself and compromise and I did the seven miler. I'd like to think that I got my money's worth since I really got to take in all the sights in my walk slash jog. It was a beautiful spring day in Lexington and there were lots of flowers and horses all along the trail. Plus I got to do the first two miles with my mom. It's been our yearly tradition to do this race for almost a decade and it was so nice to be in person again. It was way out of my comfort zone at the finish when I was being cheered on to run and finish strong when at this point I was just happy to be finishing it all. But I will tell you what, there's just something about when you're in the groove and you're one with the payment, it almost feels like you're flying and it is the best natural high that you'll ever experience. And you just have to do it yourself to truly understand how amazing it is. And this experience has inspired me to keep going. For the past two years, I've looked to Erin, aka Miss Space Cadet for motivation. She doesn't take herself seriously. She has always found ways to make her runs fun and interesting. And it has been really cool to watch her journey. And she started from running to the end of the street to the stop sign, all the way to her first marathon. Most importantly is Erin's bravery to be vulnerable with her audience. I really think it's important to keep track of those hard times and remember those small steps that were taken to overcome them. TC, were you a runner before this challenge? A long time ago, when I lived in Cincinnati, I watched flying pig marathon runners as they ran down a street near my house. There were young runners, old runners, seriously athletic runners, new runners, fast and slow runners, all different ages, shapes, and sizes. But what they all had in common was determination and support. Runners are one of the most supportive groups of athletes I've ever seen, and people watching were yelling such supportive things to everyone. I stood on that corner watching all of these strangers pulling together, cheering, offering water, and being very positive to each other, and I cried. The next day, I told my brother about this experience. He asked if I wanted to run. He claimed he could have me running two miles straight in one month, so I accepted the challenge and headed to a store that specializes in running shoes. 
On May 24th, 2011, we started the challenge. I was out of my comfort zone. I had never been a runner and I had zero faith that I would ever be able to run two miles. On June 22nd, 2011, slightly less than one month later, my Facebook post was, today I ran two miles. Fast forward to this challenge. I haven't kept up with running. It's been years. So I started training, then almost immediately caught some kind of cold. The day after I started training, I spent the entire day in bed. Then yesterday, the day before this episode, I knew I had to do my 5K. I was not looking forward to it. There were so many excuses I could have used, but the tagline on Erin Azar's I'm Mrs. Space Cadet's Instagram account is what got me out there. She calls herself an expert struggle runner. Somehow, this idea that being a struggle runner was okay is what got my feet hitting the pavement. Well, that and the fact that it was Sunday fun day and I knew I couldn't drink until after my 5K. I ran for bananas and a can of McUltra. Oh, and the dopamine. My running outfit of the day, shark shorts and a perfectly imperfect tank top. I left the campground at Cane Bay and ran 2.7 kilometers along the Caribbean Sea, then turned and ran back. I picked a target in the distance and ran to that spot, walked a bit, then picked a new target and kept going. My goal time was to finish the 5K in less than an hour. It took me 50.29 minutes and I felt great afterward. I'm not the only one who has been motivated by Erin Azar's struggle runner idea. Erin was motivated to start running after she gave birth to her third child and was feeling mentally and physically in the dumps. Her search for other newbie runners on social media failed, so she decided to start her own community. Erin has 85.8 thousand followers on Instagram and 753.7 thousand miles on TikTok. She's been very successful in creating a community of new runners. She serves as a model of going out there, even if you know it's not perfect, and not being afraid of people witnessing the whole beautiful mess of it all. Her advice to new runners is to not compare yourself to others and frame your experiences as little victories. The Sirens are very excited to chat with her about our little victories. So please help me welcome Erin Azar, the struggle runner, to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you guys so much. It's fun to be here. I just need to say real quick, wow, congratulations, you guys, because you knew you had this deadline and you had to run your 5K <laughs> somehow, some way, and everyone got it in. And I loved hearing the stories about it. So way to go. Thank you. Pat yourselves on the back. I love that. Thanks. (laughs) Erin, I'm I'm curious if you have a favorite story of someone else's running journey. You know, I am a real sucker for like an underdog. So someone that, because there's so many people, I mean, I follow some on Instagram, like Olympians, and um, some of them have tough beginnings, but other people have just a natural running ability or they've been running since they were younger. Um, but I have like a couple big stories that I love. One is Noel Mulkey. I don't know if you guys follow him on TikTok and Instagram, but so his um, running started because he was severely addicted to drugs um, to the point where, you know, it was like life threatening. Um, he was stealing from his parents and, you know, it was just, he really reached a low and he found, um, um, fitness. Like, so he would run and bike and, um, fast forward to now he's competing at like an, an elite level in triathlons. And so he's, you know, verified on TikTok and, like tons of followers, um, and just really shares everything like, (laughs) um, it, and I think like, if you look at him without knowing his story, you're like, Oh, okay, well, he's a fit dude and it's easy for him. But just to know like the demons that he's fighting and he uses running for that, um, is just so inspirational to me. Um, and also, um, my coach Alicia, when she was little, she like didn't fit in anywhere. Um, she was in like a new school. She was in a new country um, and it was really hard for her. And in gym class, which most of us 
myself included struggled in that gym class mile and never wanted to run again. Yeah. So she, um, ran that thing and her gym teacher was like, Hey, you like, this is your thing. And it's the first time where she felt confident, you know, as a kid that like almost makes me tear up because you think of how many kids don't find their thing, you know, and they feel lost like that. So I feel like those are my two like classic favorite running stories. But I have to say that I follow so many runners um, that don't have like a big social presence and just following along with them, like in their good runs and their bad runs. And I always like pop in in the comments and just be like, I had a really crappy run. I actually had one today. And I feel like just sharing that makes it feel like, all right, this person's still going, I'm going to keep going. So, but yeah, I, I, I love stories like that. So why was your run today crappy? What happened, Aaron? I, I think it was a mixture of things yesterday. So today was supposed to be a quote unquote recovery run. I hate that term. Um, because it's like, it's the run at the day after your long run. So yesterday I did over 10 miles. My legs are sore. I'm tired. Um, I'm also trying to force myself to be a morning runner, which mm. is not going that great. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I think a lot of things compounded and I just felt like crap the entire time. Like there wasn't even one moment of it that I'm like, this isn't that bad. You know, mm. there's usually a brief moment, even in some pretty crappy ones where you're like, oh, it's, it's not that bad. Like I'm getting through it, you know, but today was just horrible. And, um, I can't wait to post the TikTok of it because, um, I do like an interpretive dance at the end just to like, <laughs> those are my favorite parts of your videos. <laughs> I know. I feel like it helps me like reflect on the run and have closure with it. if I like act it out and, um, I noticed like, it looked like I peed myself because I'm like, there's, I don't know if it's crotch sweat or pee, but at the end of it, where I just say, um, after the dance and I'm like, thank you. And then I was just like, crotch sweat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even know, but it made me laugh and I was just glad for the run to be over. But yeah, that's, I think why it was not good. <laughs> Are you currently training for a marathon? I'm actually going to do the Pittsburgh half, um, May 1st. And then that's kind of like part of my training for the Chicago marathon in October. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah which will be a full big respect because yeah. Pittsburgh's Hills are no joke. That's so. what I hear. I'm honestly Huge scared to that. <laughs> <laughs> like I run Hills where I am, but the, the fact that all the comments, whenever I say I'm doing Pittsburgh, they all mention Hills. So I'm like, what if they're like massive Hills? I think I'm running Hills, but they're actually bigger than I'm not prepared, but I mean, everyone else will be in the same boat pretty much, I think. So it means there'll be a lot of downhill too. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like that can be worse. (laughs) (laughs) So in Cincinnati, we have the Flying Pig Marathon, which is a big race that I I don't know how long it's been going on 20 years or something ridiculous, but there's a lot of hills here too. You like start downtown near the river and then you run all the way up into like Mount Adams and kind of loop around and there's lots of hills. Why do they do that for a marathon? The last seven miles are completely flat and there's no shade and you can see the city and the finish line in the distance. Oh, okay. And it's just torture. (laughs) It's awful because it's like by that time, the sun's beating down on you. Oh, okay. It's later in the day. It's hot. Yeah. What time of year is that? It's in in May. Yeah. It's coming up in a few weeks. Okay. So it could be hot. That's the race I was watching from my house, which was in May. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it's Cincinnati, so it could be snowing. It could be 90 degrees. Who knows? Yeah, it's a surprise, I guess. <laughs> and you probably you get that where you are, too, I'm sure. Yeah, a little bit in, in the spring. It's like I was running the other day. I had gloves and every time I took my um, hand out of my glove to film something for like two seconds, it was it would go numb like it hurt. It was so cold. I'm like, it's spring. What is going on? There's tulips. How are the tulips surviving? 
or whatever they're called daffodils. <laughs> no, I have tulips in my yard too. And oh, okay. I, that's why I wasn't super sad when I couldn't find my registration information about the race on Saturday. <laughs> it was really cold. <laughs> yeah, I bet it. I mean, here we're not that far from Ohio really. So right. I, yeah, I can imagine how cold it was there. Yeah. I can't imagine any of that. Yeah. Shut up TC. She says, <laughs> I'm so jealous. From an island. <laughs> I know. Although we were just visiting my parents in Puerto Rico and it's it, like humidity does bring a whole nother level of difficulty for me um, because I sweat so much and it's like, no matter how much I drink, like electrolytes and everything, um, I'm just depleted. I feel like it's mm. really hard. Yeah. Puerto Rico is not, it's like 60 miles, the island. I don't know what part of the island you were on. Puerto Rico is a big island, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it's that humid here. We're pretty close though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's like, has to be super humid. I'm talking like a little humid and I'm dying. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's I like another to run when it's like 40 degrees to 60 degrees. That's my happy spot. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anything in the yeah forties to sixties, I can totally do. And it's not too cold, not too hot. Yeah. But that's why I'm trying to become a morning runner now because I can beat the heat on yeah. my long runs and it's just, it's hard. I feel like some people can move in the morning and other people can't. And I'm not with it. I can't yet. You can't yet, Erin. Right. I'm trying. I'm I'm really trying to stick with it. Everyone's like, you just got to, you know, keep doing it for like a month. I just think of people like that, that, um, Jocko something. And I, I don't know the names of the other people, but they're all about like that hustle culture and that grind and the waking up at 4 30 AM. And I'm like, not, not everyone's body works like that, dude. And you don't have a menstrual cycle, first of all. So you don't realize what it's like to one week feel like, yeah, I can wake up at 430 in the morning. I feel amazing. And then the next week, if you do that, you can't survive past noon without a nap. You know, they, it just drives me insane sometimes when I hear people talk like that. It's funny how everyone's different that way, because for me to, to wake up and go to work and work a full day and come home and not have seen my puppy all day. The last thing I want to do is put on the shoes and go run. I would much rather do it in the morning and get it Mm -hmm. over with. And then that also, I feel like that motivates me to be healthier all day long because I don't want to waste that grind. I just did. Right. <laughs> no, it's so true. And I just listened to a podcast. Um, they, it, they had a doctor on, I cannot remember her name, but she specializes in addiction. And, um, she was talking about the science behind like, um, the pain pleasure, like your body has to get back into homeostasis. So when you give yourself a small dose of pain, like a workout or a run, your body needs to increase the dopamine levels to balance, like reach homeostasis again. And I'm like, that makes sense why it's better to do it in the morning. And then you can enjoy that feeling all day. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying. I'm just not doing it at four 30. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that seems unreasonable. We have an episode coming up uh, where we're all trying a, su- a certain supplement for a month. And mm-hmm. we, we talked to some people who specialize in supplements and told them what we, what we were hoping to change. And so the one I'm taking is called Dopa Boost. Uh-huh. And so I don't necessarily have to deal with the pain to get my dopamine boost. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't want to give a spoiler. I'm, just, I'm curious if it's working now, but I, I know you probably want to save it for the episode. We'll send you a message to tune into that episode. When yeah, I'll have to. But I curious. still think, I still think there's nothing that's that quite beats actually going through some of the, the pain to get the yeah. dopamine. I think the chemical, the natural chemical that your body produces is probably the best. I agree with that. Yeah, I could see that. So We're all after, chasing it though. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> after your first marathon, how sore were you? Oh my gosh. After, so the first one that, and that was virtual that I did that, Ugh. um, 
I was so sore and and chafed so bad because I didn't really understand like where um to put the the chafing stuff like the anti-chafing whatever that's called um so I missed all these areas and I was so sore I don't think I could properly move or get up or walk for like four days and stairs like going downstairs was was a nightmare um but the New York City one I did this past November I was really tired and I think I had some things that felt sore, but it was nothing compared to that virtual one. (laughs) Wow. So I think the virtual 5k was fine because it was a short enough distance, but a virtual marathon, you were by yourself. I assume, unless you had a whole group of people running this virtual (laughs) marathon with you, what was that like? Yeah, I had, well, I had my husband and my coach, so I was really spoiled in that sense, but it's still the things that suck about virtual races were all there. Like there were no, um, porta potties, there's no hydration and fueling stations. There's no crowds to keep you going. You're running through traffic and crossing streets. Um, yeah. So it was, um, at first I'm like, Oh my gosh, I I have it so easy. Cause I'm not completely alone, but I'm like, no, this sucks. Like I didn't even want to be with them at one point because I was so miserable. Um, but yeah, it was, I'm glad that I did it just to have like that experience. And, um, I think I learned a lot of mental toughness during that. Um, and during that whole training cycle, the, um, and mainly because I never physically ran a marathon before that. So the entire training cycle, all I did whenever I had a slightly bad run is, um, there was, I was just filled with self-doubt. Like, well, if I can barely run 11 miles or something, how am I going to run 26.2? There's no way I'm going to be able, um, to finish and I'm going to get injured. And it was like horrible. I, I, I can't believe I let myself talk to myself like that, (laughs) but I didn't know how damaging that was at the time. I just was genuinely thinking like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, so then, but after I did that next training, um, cycle to do the New York city, I'm like, okay, well, my body physically did it. It wasn't extraordinary, but I crossed the finish line, the theoretical finish line. And so I know if I just keep training that I'll be able to do it again, barring any, you know, catastrophes or something. But I think just it shows what a positive mindset can do in terms of making progress. So I'm I'm wondering if as you get better and better at running and you run more runs and you you become a a different type of runner. I mean, what's going to happen when you're no longer a struggle runner? And that's that's I mean, that'll change the flavor. That's what I loved about. Mm-hmm. About all of your your social media is that it it made me feel like hey I can do this and I can look ridiculous and it's okay. Yeah, the thing is I'm always going to look ridiculous. That's just <laughs> how I am. It doesn't matter how good at something I am, I always look ridiculous. Um and I just don't see myself progressing to the point of like this is easy. You know what I mean? Like it's I never feel like a run is easy. And I've been doing it for two years, um, even a mile like that's still hard for me. I don't know why, um, but I do feel like the idea of struggle running, I think, is more of a unifying thing because I feel like I follow some um, runners on Instagram, especially. And, you know, they've been in the Olympics like they're um, really obviously talented runners, but they have bad days and bad runs. I love following Alexi Pappas on Instagram. She did this um, run for ultra the other week and she's like, I puked. I shit myself. I, oh, sorry if I shouldn't curse. <laughs> no, it's, no fine. I, <laughs> it's fine. You're good. <laughs> yeah. So that was like her caption and it was so 
I was sad for her, but like it was refreshing to hear because I'm like, everybody is a struggle runner. Like there's some people that their egos might get in the way and they will say like, no, I'm not. But you have a, a difficult run. And I just I feel like that is what I mean when I say struggle runners. Um, so it's really do you want to be um, do you want to embrace that or not? I feel like a lot of the reason why some especially beginner runners quit is because we don't make it fun and we take ourselves too seriously. I've, whenever I tried to start running in the past, that's how I was. I was like, okay, well the average, you know, mile or pace for someone my age is uh, this, this, this. Uh, So that's what I should be doing. And I'm like, now to my past self, I'm like, you just had your second baby. Like, why are you, how how are you going to run like that? Um, but I would quit every time I would run for like two days and (laughs) get discouraged. So, yeah, but I feel like if we just laugh at ourselves and laugh at the struggle and find community in that, we're just more likely to stick with it. Yeah. I really like that. That literally that, I mean, then that is, a big part of what got my feet on the pavement on Sunday that I'm going to go out there and struggle and that's okay. Cause I'm yeah. going to do it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That helped you get out there, even though you didn't want to. <laughs> now I kind of do want to, one of my, uh, one of my favorite books is the alphabet series. And it's about a private investigator named Kinsey Milhone. And she, she runs regularly. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I, um, I don't know. There's a lot of similarities, but that running thing, she, she makes me want to run when I read those books. I don't know if you've read any of them or if you I like haven't. fiction, but they're good. I should, I should check them out. Cause I, I need all the help I can get sometimes just to get out. <laughs> Aaron, when you said the person you followed or whoever they shit themselves during the run, that mm. was something that doing runs before COVID and then post COVID, uh, coming back into being in person, I forgot the humanity of it all. Like, like people are hot and they they're sweaty and they smell and everybody's spitting and snotting everywhere. Like, that's just, it's something you forget at like, literally, like you said, everybody out there is struggling in some way. Yeah. that's, That's the beautiful thing about it. Everybody is supporting each other and helping each other on. Yeah. I feel like when people start, um, or even if they go through like a rough patch, it's so easy to feel isolated and be like, um, I, you know, that was really hard for me. And then you go on social media and it's, it's like, wow, they just ran 10 miles in with a seven minute pace. And that was slow for them or something. And it's like that you feel like you're on an island by yourself and you're the only one that's having a hard time running. So then what's the point of why should I keep going? Like no one else is having a hard time. And that's what I love most about. I feel like my platforms in general is just that support. Like I feel comfortable sharing what I share because I know someone else out there is feeling like that or looking like that. Um, and the comment sections are just like a support group basically, because people are commenting my, my favorite, my absolute favorite thing that I see in my comment section is somebody like a group of people replying to someone else's comment. And it's completely hilarious. Like they're all just self-deprecating and like commiserating (laughs) and everything. And I'm like, I wasn't even here. You guys are having a party and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any gear recommendations for people that are starting to run? Like I I was following you on TikTok before you started listening to music. And that was, wow. (laughs) That's so so long ago. Oh my God. Was that a game changer for you or what? Yes. I, so it's, it affects me so much listening to music to the point where I have to wait if I need to start a run really slow. I have to not have my music on because if I do have it on, I will run faster. And then I, you know, kick myself later because I'm out of, you know, energy um, too early in the, into the run. 
So that's like the actual physical effect that it has on me. And I never thought that that would be a thing until I, um, I got those aftershock or now they're shocks headphones, but, um, yeah, that was a total game changer. And I know I'm sure that's something like so specific to each person though. Um, because it'll even depend what song I'm listening to, um, to like, if I'm really the, the run that I told you about earlier, um, it was so bad that I felt like my feet were like cinder blocks. And I'm like, there's no way. Like I, I just have to walk. I'm just going to walk, but I was running late. So I'm like, I can't walk. I have to run. <laughs> so <laughs> there's this song, I think it's called, um, mama de la mama or something. Oh my gosh. Let me, I have my, my playlist. And if I'm like really not, not, uh, doing well, oh, it's yeah. La mama de la mama. And it's, it's so lively and it just gets me going and I'm like dancing past, you know, our neighbor's houses and, you know, on the, on my way home. But yeah, definitely music is a game changer for sure. Who else likes music? Cause I, I don't like music. I like to listen to my breathing. And in fact, sometimes I'll count my breaths. Mm. And I really concentrate on my breathing. You like music, Mer? Oh, yeah. I am. In fact, yesterday I had to find my over-the-ear headphones because I've been wearing um, earbuds a lot at work, but I can't run with those. They'll just fall right out. My ears are or something. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm definitely a listen to music while you run kind of girl. Hmm. Elsie? Absolutely. There are two things I need on every run. That is gum. Yes. And that is music. And gum is important. Two, yes. Cause it just, it keeps everything. I'm going to make a lot of people uncomfortable right now. Moist. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, it just helps. And then the music, like the Avengers theme song and the pirates of the Caribbean theme song. Oh, those just get me going when I'm running. I love those. Jess? Yeah, I have to have music. I mean, if I'm running with Ben, I usually don't, or I might have it in one ear and have it playing, but don't, um, you know, have it in both ears so that I can talk to him without screaming at him and, you know, uh, Hmm. but yeah, I will usually put on, I don't have like a playlist, but I will put on, um, Pandora and if it's too slow of a song I will skip it because it's like no this is going to drag me down but (laughs) yeah there's been times where it's actually like saved me like when I used to run all the time like there was one time where I was just like this run is just going shitty like this is not going well and I was just like I'm just going to turn around and get home and um a song came on the middle by Jimmy World and the the tune of it is like it just takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. It'll be all right. And I'm like, okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> when I first started learning to run, I tried music because I thought that's what you do. So I ran like all of my first few runs. I had music on and I was listening to five finger death punch. And I liked like I, when, during my runs, I might kind of keep beat with the music or whatever, but one time I forgot my headphones, so I ran without music and it was so much better for me. Really? It's so weird. Yeah. It's yeah. so a lot of things with running are so um, individual, individualized. Is that even a word? I don't know. But um, yes. it, like music or no music or eating before or after a run, drinking while running, you know, or drinking before running. It's it's so everyone's so different, but mm-hmm. over time you find what works for, for you. And you know, like you are like absolutely no music, even if everyone else listens, you know, it's, that's what works for you. People in, when I run in the summer, they're like, how do you drink that much fluid? Cause I have like my vest on and I'm just chugging water, like constantly and stopping and, and I have water stored in the cornfields and, and they're like, oh, I'll run a half marathon and I don't drink water. I'm like, I would be on a stretcher. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have you have to drink fluid or I don't have to drink fluid. It's really 
um, our bodies are just so different. That was such a Midwest thing to say. And it made me really happy that you have water stored in the cornfields. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's the best place. And sometimes I've lost it a couple of times and I'm like, uh Oh, I actually just wrote it down. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Such it'll, a Midwest I, thing. It made me yeah. so happy. <laughs> you do that and you also do your running outfit of the day and your tree tunnel vibes. How did how did all that start? What inspired you to, to do that kind of thing? I think that started really because I would, I'm like, uh, I like comfort of, um, knowing, like anticipating what's next and just like knowing what's ahead and, you know, running by myself and there's no people around. I mean, I mentioned the cornfields and sometimes a car will pass by, but, it's really boring. So I would just start naming things like the three trees in a line. I'm like, they just look like people, you know, like a little group and they're by themselves. So that's why I called them my cheer squad and the tree tunnel, just like running through there. I just always felt good. So I would, you know, I would say tree tunnel vibes and puke hill, like that (laughs) freaking hill would always kill me. And it would just kind of make me laugh by calling it puke hill and yeah so it was really like for my own entertainment and comfort at first but when I would say them in the videos I feel like some people watching would also like to see them each day or to see the tree tunnel in the fall like with the changing leaves and stuff so yeah I don't know I think I think it just came out of I needed to entertain myself (laughs) well it worked yeah, and it, it entertains it us because I feel like I know your run route now too. <laughs> yes, I want to organize something like maybe next year because I want it to be really fun, but almost like a retreat or something to where I could run with a group of people. My the route that I always film, and they could see like the cheer squad and the tree tunnel and the guinea hens, you know, the cows. Um, I feel like that would be so fun. People would love that. Yeah. There are yield signs on my route that have one word on them and it's the word slow. There are two of them. And so every time I, I know where they're going to be, I start running and I just give them the finger as I run past. <laughs> I mean, I'm what? sure I'm still running slow, but screw them. Yeah. They'll, they can't tell you what to do. <laughs> it's so funny there was a we had a really bad windstorm and the stop sign at the end of our road I always used to be like the turnaround stop sign it was when I could I think I could just barely run one mile and that was like halfway and I would turn around there and that stop sign was in so many of my videos and it got blown over in this storm And, um, my husband, Dan was like, you gotta go, you gotta, you know, get a video of it and, and, you know, say that it got knocked down. And I'm like, what's the rush, you know, like I'll, I'll get it. It's going to probably be down there for a while. And I forgot like, oh, we live in the middle of nowhere, a a stop sign that's down. The township will be there in like 0.5 seconds. And I got the video clip and it was our, then next time we drove down the road, like half hour later it was already back up so (laughs) yeah you could have owned that stop sign I know I I thought about it I thought about it but (laughs) you could have stood on it just stand on top of it yeah I know so many memories with that stop sign That is awesome. So do you have any advice for people that want to start running or want to get back into it? Yeah, I think just, um, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning, not comparing yourself to anybody. Um, sometimes I don't even like the idea of comparing to yourself. I know a lot of people are like, just compare, only compare yourself to you. And I'm like, well, for some people that could run a 10 minute mile last year, now they're running 13. So I don't think that's, (laughs) that's always the best idea, but, um, yeah, just that, like no comparison and have fun, even when it's not feeling good and it doesn't seem fun, 
find something to laugh at. Like sometimes just the idea of how much you're struggling is hilarious if you have the right (laughs) attitude. So I think just like sometimes you have to approach it with that and just have fun with it, you know, and don't put a lot of pressure on because if you want it to be something that you continue to do, you really have to give yourself grace. So I, I, this, the one thing that got me up and out of my house yesterday was putting on my running outfit of the day and having yeah. my kid take my picture <laughs> in it. So I, cause I had these ridiculous colored striped socks on and I don't know, they just made me happy. That was what got me out of the house yeah. and to start running was their stupid socks. Yeah. I love <laughs> that so much. That's such a good point, honestly, because a lot of sometimes when I really don't want to get out, that's why I wear like really bright stuff. Or that's why I put team struggle run on a, on a shirt because I like to wear my feelings, you know, like for that run, I, I like to go out there wearing how my brain feels basically. (laughs) Or a banana suit, you know, or a banana suit. Sometimes you just feel like a banana. (laughs) Did you have a banana for yourself at the end of your virtual marathon? No, oh. I, yeah, I don't even I think Me too. Oh, good. I'm glad I that you too. guys thought about that <laughs> because when I used to run five K's, I would always joke that I was running for bananas. And so at yeah. the, end, the, the bananas that grown on St. Croix, I think are the best bananas I've ever eaten in my life. They're only about oh. this big, but mm. they're so good. So I had a banana at the end. Wow. I'm glad you guys thought of that. I, I did not. And I don't even remember if we thought we didn't even plan food, I don't think afterward. Oh, it was obviously during the pandemic, like the worst mm-hmm. shutdown part. So we couldn't even find like anything that was open to mm-hmm. eat like fast food or anything. Right. Oh, I think the only thing was fast food. I wanted pizza. So you mean, I, I always want pizza. Yeah. Right, <laughs> So is that why is the shutdown, the pandemic, is that why your marathon was virtual? Yeah, I so I actually signed up for the Philadelphia marathon that year. And um, when everything shut down, that race was obviously canceled. And so I stuck with that same date um, because I was so I didn't even want to change the date, like push it back or anything, because I'm like, that's a reason that I will keep pushing it back and not do it. I just know myself like that. Like I have to be really strict with it. Um, and yeah, so that's why I ran that one virtual. There are virtual runs, which I'm going to convince the sirens to do that. Um, they have a route and a map and they go through and they take pictures all along the route. So you turn this, the app on, and if you run, say you run a mile and it's a 10 mile thing, you can do it in bits and pieces, but later you can go back and look at the map and look at the area that you just virtually ran through. And then, and then all of the people who are doing it together are dots on the, on the route. So you can keep track of where your friends are. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really neat. I feel like there's a lot of really good innovation that happened in terms of running, um, during the pandemic, because Mm -hmm. when you think about it, although races were canceled, the amount of people that started running during the pandemic, especially women from what I remember, um, of the statistics is massive. So they had to do something like to (laughs) give people incentive to, to keep it up. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that happened, but it's also so nice to be able to run a race with people. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to actually run a race with people again. Um, I, like I said, my last one was in November, but the before that, I don't even really remember what year it even was. And I feel like that's, a, I'm, I'm kind of not happy with myself about that. I want to make sure I run at least one in-person race every year. Yeah, I, that's such a good goal because then it keeps you training even when you don't want to run. Yeah, absolutely. I, you're kind of close to Cincinnati, Erin. I highly recommend, even though I kind of dogged it earlier, the <laughs> flying pig I, is unmatched as far as um, crowd support and everything is so much fun. 
Yeah, the flying pig it. marathon's awesome. And let us know if you decide to run it because we might we'll run with you. join you. I would love that. <laughs> we could have a little crew. <laughs> I was very hesitant to say that out loud, but I guess I've just committed. So you did. Recorded. <laughs> I've never been more glad that I moved to St. Croix. <laughs> Whatever. You're going to have to get on a plane and come to that. <laughs> well, this week we are challenging our fellow explorers to sign up for train and complete an organized race. If you're new to running, we recommend getting your tails wet by completing a 5k. And you can tell us all about it by using the hashtag siren soapbox on all the social medias. Aaron, your Marley, video. What? You just said, get your tails wet. And that reminded me of Aaron talking about crotch sweat crotch sweat yeah get your crotch wet (laughs) that's a Aaron that's a whole different episode (laughs) Aaron your videos are so inspiring and hilarious and thank you for sharing yourself with the world and inspiring people to get out and run and thank you for joining us on this recording do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you yeah and thank you ladies for having me you can find me on instagram I'm Mrs. Space Cadet and TikTok Mrs.Space.Cadet. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll also have links to Aaron's pages from our website, sirensoapbox.com. There you can read more about our race experience in our blog, and you can find a link to our YouTube channel where you'll find some out in the field footage of our experience with this challenge. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.